season four time. Welcome back, everybody, to Pair of Kings, where we are bringing you business as usual. Tom Foolery as planned. My name is John Hogaboom. You can find me on Instagram at John Hogaboom. And today I am joined by not one, but two other people in the podcast studio. First off, we have my lovely co-host. Saul Thompson. Uh, and this week I have a very special Saul guest. I'm bringing my incredibly dark under eye circles. They're here. Um, <laughs> they they haven't made an appearance either on the podcast or just on me in a long time. I I get them really bad at school. Um, even when I'm sleeping enough, just because I get stressed, my eyes just look like I have like two black eyes, basically it's right. terrible. But if I want to lean into like that TikTok e-boy look, it's perfect. Is, I don't need to good. put on You do makeup. our TikTok. So that works exactly. out great. Yeah. yeah, no, it'll, it'll promote growth. Yeah. No, I can start making a, what do they do? They do like TikTok dances. I'll start doing that, but in what I call decent outfits. So everybody else will ridicule them. It'll drive growth. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. It's part of the growth strategy. So I got to ask, I see you drinking a seltzer. The can, it looks like a hard seltzer. Are you turning up at 540 on a a Wednesday? Okay. I have the the Extendo Spindrift. They're usually smaller, which is nice. But for some reason, we had the long cans here. And I needed something with a little bit of flavor in it and sparkles. Um, I would say this podcast has both flavor and sparkles. (laughs) I think that's our tagline, if anything. Yeah. Yeah. But Saul, we're not alone in the podcast studio today. No, we are not. Um, Would you like to introduce our guest? Oh, absolutely. We, we, I, at least I'll say it this way. I was a little surprised this person wanted to come on the podcast considering our, our Instagram presence. Uh, he followed us and we were like, whoa, that's crazy. And then we proceeded to make essentially what are like throwaway, I, I don't know, it's like manic, uh, like MS paint core is what I would call our Instagram presence. Mm-hmm. Um, so that didn't scare him away. Let's see if bringing him on the podcast. will. <laughs> we have none other than Saeed of story MFG. He's one half of a incredible brand. If you don't know it um, and I'll use their own words, cause what better way to describe them? They were born out of a desire for a more authentic, fulfilling and kind approach to fashion. One that doesn't involve a trade-off between aesthetics and consciousness. They are a husband and wife team, Saeed and his wife, Katie, and now their baby as well. They also have a dog. So maybe a team of four. Um, And they work with a large group of dyers, weavers, embroiderers, and tailors. You can find their website at storymfg.com. On their site, they are incredibly transparent. They have... I think most, if not all of their dye processes there, and it explains how and why they do them. Um, They kind of um, document all of their craft processes, whether it be hand knits, block prints, et cetera, et cetera. And they also have a blog and an extensive about page where they go into their kind of uh, uh, why they do what they do and what they do. Um, which is pretty incredible. We think that their, their values align a lot with ours, um, which I feel like we shouldn't have to say in today's fashion world, but they really do make a point to be sustainable, anti-racist, and kind both to the environment and the consumer. Um, without further ado, welcome Saeed from Story MFG. All right. Hi. That was a very big intro. Thank you very much. <laughs> you could say he told a story. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, haven't heard that one before. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. That was lovely. That was a really lovely intro. And I, yeah, I, 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 you shouldn't be surprised. You guys seem to be like a growing thing and you are, um, you're growing the right way by making uh, very specific niche fashion memes, which is, which, which always catches people's eyes. Yeah. I mean, our thing with the world in fashion is we just do like sort of what makes us happy and makes us laugh. And then yeah. if, if, if there's growth, then there's growth. And sometimes there's not, but a lot of times no. we're lucky enough to say that there is, but uh. yeah, I mean, you, this is, I mean, this is exactly what I like and vibe with and, and Katie as well is, is like neat, like niche communities that, that are like quite, quite tightly knit, like the same thing. And we started out by kind of like being involved in some of these like niche communities online, like Reddit. And there was one called Care Tags, which is still going, but like not so busy um, and connecting with people. And I I remember, I always take note like of things I'm thinking about at the time. And I remember thinking at the time, like we shouldn't ever let this not, like we should never really grow out of this type of thing. Because when you're involved in like, a community like yours or a Facebook community for anything for like watches or cars or whatever. And you are like, there's so much discussion and stuff going on here. Why are, why are people who are brand owners or retailers or whatever, like not involved? Like it, this is really where almost the interesting stuff is happening. And I, I guess the reason is they're just too busy. But I also sometimes feel like that, that people think they're too good for like to, to be with the unwashed masses or what have, what have you but I love it I really love it and I like the first thing I do is just like when I got into your discord I just typed in story mfg read what people have been saying typed in my name read what people have been saying I need to know like I need to I like to, I like to know where we stand absolutely um, yeah yeah well I can tell you firsthand that there are some very big fans of yours in our discord and there was some dms to me asking if it was really you when you join the discord (laughs) yes it is yeah i it's it's honestly um not trying to be overly humble or anything but honestly it it feels weird for people to one to know to find out people know about us Mm -hmm. and like us and then two for people to be uh shocked that we talk to people directly um it's it's kind of a weird it's kind of a it's kind of a weird thing that that happens with with, with fashion and, and yeah. with any business where people just as soon as they kind of move upwards they become more and more disconnected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're always surprised with just how approachable everybody is when we're reaching out yeah. for guest episodes and uh, even just to say hello. Mm-hmm. We, I'd say, eight times out of ten get a response. Even if they're too busy to record, they'll they'll still respond and say hello and yeah. But, it's it's been really nice yeah and just on the the like getting engaged and being active in the community it's kind of i feel like the 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 people not worth knowing i don't want to talk down on anybody but a lot of the people who we've just reached out to and been like hey we love what you do do you want to come on the podcast and who have responded back and been like energetic and passionate which is a lot of the guests if not all of them that we've had make for the best episodes and Mm -hmm. it's also just a nice way to go through life like I don't know. I think at least John and I are like too young to be jaded and not impressed and not excited to be in the, in the fashion world. You know what I mean? And so. Oh, it's so easy to get jaded. Yeah. But I also think that if, if you're 
perhaps it kind of telegrams a bit about the kind of person you are if you are if you if you're sort of too busy to be involved in that like what else are you too busy to be involved in like how close are you to your manufacturing how close are you to different members of staff how close are you to all these kinds of stuff because it all takes time and it all takes energy and absolutely like I'm so busy so crazy busy and mm-hmm. I completely understand when people are like I'm too busy for that I respect it for sure oh um, 100% but, but, yeah but, but but I can't help but sometimes feel like oh okay well yeah I wonder I wonder what, what else you're not what, what what other stuff you're you're not involved with but yeah Yes. It just feels like you can miss out because there's so much like John and I talk about it probably every other episode of the podcast, but it's just so fun. You know what I mean? To like talk to people and to engage and to learn just because fashion is one of those things that everybody participates in either consciously or unconsciously. And mm-hmm. you can go so deep into it and learn so much that it almost feels like there's never enough time to kind of visit everything but it's so nice Mm -hmm. to have a space in which that's all you do is you just sit down with somebody and you learn or you discuss it or whatever Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it's it's nice for for us to see uh like how our stuff is being received because it's Mm -hmm. a game of telephone a lot of the time with the kind of the kind of stuff we do where I'll, i'll read something about our brand that someone's confidently telling someone else it's like it's like confidently wrong (laughs) <laughs> um, and it's just nice. It's nice to know like what, what what what's getting through, what's not getting through, what's understood. Because then, uh, part of my job and goal is to like try and delineate information a bit more clearly. Which is one of the reasons we do essays, and the reason that we I, I, I appreciate you saying about the uh, us being like open about dyes and stuff on a website. It's the reason we just did this website refresh like six or seven months ago, where we tried to make it more clear what the, the process is that we do and stuff because I want people to be easily access that information and um and yeah it's it's good for us to see what's what people are saying about us mm-hmm. um I think maybe I think maybe some people who are brand owners are scared to get involved because they're worried about saying the wrong thing on the mm-hmm. one hand and something that I'm worried about is I'm worried about coming across as really salesy or advertising there's a lot of places online where where it is a advertising thing like if you when we first started um i remember there was another brand who's still going strong they're really really cool from the uk they're called tender they had a a forum on a super super denim like a super future forum Mm -hmm. it's kind of like style forum um and people were would, would like talk about them the guy the guy who runs the brand is always on there answering questions i was like this is really really cool love to do that too and I contacted that uh forum I was like if I started a thread about a story like how does it work and we had to pay money we had to pay like a fee to do that um and then I think I commented on something else and that comment got, that that thing got deleted because it, it it's like if you engage with the community then you have to pay for advertising with the company oh, you're, okay you're, gotcha. you're you're doing it with yep um and I was we, we were so skin we didn't do it um, but it made me think like, oh, if I'm if I'm answering people on Reddit, am I coming across as salesy? So it does make me step back a little bit. Try try not to because like every it start, it start it starts to become now that every every appearance of me is like it's almost like I'm um, amb- like an brand ambassador for my own brand. <laughs> um, 
so um, I guess that that's one other way that that's one other thing that puts people maybe puts other people off they don't want to they don't want to they don't want to start becoming they don't want to start doing sales while they're mm-hmm. like on social media mm-hmm. but but yeah but yeah I really appreciate it I mean we, I love story exists because of niche interests and it exists because the internet has made these niche interests that would be like really really geolocated be like spread across the world but but enough people are brought together by technology that we have a brand and we can sell to people and, and grow this niche and all mm-hmm. like places like your discord and your community and other ones they are just all these other little niches that all fit fit around and it's yeah it's good it's good it's good for us it's something that we're really proud of um mm-hmm. and we're we're happy to be involved with someone else this week who uh who does have that that same niche that they've that they've carved out and who is in our discord which is once again very exciting um before we get too far away from it said uh as you may know every um guest episode um or every episode in general but every guest episode in particular we ask our guest for a keyword a phrase something to message uh us pair of kings pod on instagram um to join the discord it's our our very very low barrier to entry just something to indicate that you've listened to what is it at least like 12 minutes of the podcast um 13 minutes 13 minutes i don't know if that that might be the breaking point for a lot of people we shall see but said if they'd love to join the pair of kings podcast discord which we have like lovingly dubbed the happiest place in fashion what should they message us um, I have listened to this before, and I listened in, waiting for the waiting for the, the phrase, and I and I didn't think to think of one beforehand. But um, we, when we started the brand, we had this tagline, which we know we sort of no longer use or use very sparingly, which was "slow made." Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess yeah, I guess that I was just perfect. thinking about it this morning. Absolutely perfect. Message us "slow made," and we will send you an invite to what we like to call happiest place in fashion which all three of us are part of but uh to start things off the classic pair of kings podcast way saeed can we get a fit check this morning um yes right also knew this was coming but i haven't really worn anything special because we have been rushing around this morning with the baby but i'm wearing one of our t-shirts um we call these grateful tees they I don't think this one is out yet. I think I'm always just wearing samples because I don't want to take anything out of stock. So I just wear samples <laughs> that are either, either wrong or, or old. So this is, this is, I think this is from next season, this black block printed Grateful Tea. I'm wearing some peace pants. They're like these really wide cargo pants that we've got, probably our most comfortable trouser. And I'm not wearing anything. I'm not wearing anything, anything else. I was wearing, I was wearing these shoes that we've got, um, that we're making a sample of. I was just oh wow. Oh, are those, okay, so for those who can't see, they're they're blue. I think they're canvas, right? Oh yeah, no, it's really hard because I've got this virtual background. Hold on, let me turn it off. So it's just it, they, they're they're a sample, so the colors are wrong. Um, but um, basically, they're making mules. First of all, yeah, they're 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 they're, they're, they're basically like clogs, but mule clogs. Oh, those are great um we've been working on shoes for a while Ooh. but um we we're just trying, trying to find a way to make them that that don't have any plastic or non-vegan materials and make them completely biodegradable it's been a really really actually really super long 
long road um and mm. i posted about how much trouble we were having with a previous manufacturer before and another manufacturer reached out to us and was like oh. we can help you with that and um, so we've got these so th this is like this is like the almost final sample just we need to change the fabric to a different color but it's hand woven on the top it's got wow. canvas inside and then it's the rest of it's just made of cork and hemp um and and natural latex which is rubber from a tree <laughs> it's got I mean, this, this... beautiful uh, a beautiful i should say pattern so what we're seeing is it's green and purple um and it's got almost like what look like the tops of waves um yeah. kind of swirling into a point so if you take yeah. like the tops of two waves and swirl them together think like the 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 sea uh the sky excuse me in starry night and then you're there yeah it's kind of like that it's 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 the pattern taken from a 90s um patagonia jack uh fleece oh, which cool. oh we gosh. then we we then like took took the fab uh, took the pattern redrew it and then we and then the, and then had it had to then be turned into a a hand weave punch card which then was hand woven everything was naturally dyed it's it's like 10, 10 or 15 steps from the original like in, thing, inspiration but mm -hmm. um but yeah and then and yeah and then it's hand woven naturally dyed hand woven and then and then it has to be backed and all kinds of stuff to make it but it's really really good it's really really comfortable we just got this That's final so sample cool. in today we've just been yeah so i was wearing these upstairs but that's 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 it that's nothing awesome. else on my feet they look great <laughs> thank Those you very so much cool. oh john you wanna you wanna do us do us next hit us with absolutely uh i woke up it's been in the 80s all week and sticky yep. and gross and raining but i woke up cold for the first time Ooh. in a long time Ooh! so i'm wearing both pants and a fleece today on the podcast which is mind-blowing considering yesterday i was sweating in shorts and a t-shirt but uh, on the feet what else but the pod and stocks my classic footwear for the podcast um on the legs i have a pair of leopard print pants from cookman they make chef oh, pants <laughs> and uh i found those last year i can't remember how i found them i might have just been googling but I saw a TikTok about them. You mentioned them. that you just found them randomly. Yeah, I think I found them randomly. I saw a TikTok about them probably two months ago, and I checked, and they're all sold out. Or maybe they've restocked by now. But I think I my heart goes out to any chefs who actually wanted to buy chef pants but now can't <laughs> because TikTok kids have bought them all. The last time I was in Tokyo, which was uh, January 2020, they I saw I saw Cookman in like quite a few stores oh yeah I, I, yeah I, i'm i was like of course the new thing is the chef, pants. chef trousers yeah. yeah yeah they fit great i love the fit of them they're they're slightly baggy and they fit really nice straight leg uh and they have a ton of fun colors patterns etc i mean uh, they 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 fit into so many niches like this like pajama niche easy niche and also we, we i mean we've got a friend who is extremely clever and ahead of his ahead of everything he started a, the store lncc and he now has a natural wine company and he's ahead, he's ahead on that and he asked to do a collab i think it was two years ago mm -hmm. with us and he wanted us to make chef trousers so we've made chef trousers <laughs> at one point just just for his little project but um yeah that's so cool great yeah <laughs> great pair of pants I, i'm definitely a fan of mine uh and then on top i have a vintage t-shirt from the university of richmond uh, it oh, is a spiders. 
yeah, Ghost Spiders, intramural sports t-shirt from 1995 to 1996. So whoever originally had this t-shirt won a sports tournament and then decided to give their trophy away on eBay for very, very low price. So thank you to whoever did that. Uh, and then on top of that, I have a Stussy fleece from Fall Winter 20. It's a big, chunky green fleece. It's got um, a bud motif, like some sort of plant. I'm not exactly sure which type. And then uh, just the jewelry I wear every day, a bracelet that my mom made me and a necklace. So I'll Very round nice. us out. Are you already on uh, Spindrift number two? I am on Spindrift number two. So I have to preface this. So the the heat, the a the the AC, excuse me, broke in Anna's house in the in the summer house that we're in. And so upstairs, it's and I kid you not, you can like look at the thermostat. It's eighty six. Oh my gosh! And downstairs, it's like too cold, so it's sixty six. <laughs> And so last night we were like, well, where do we sleep? Would you rather sleep upstairs? And you can't open the windows because it's so buggy this time yeah. of year. And so we were deciding- Are there no screens on the windows? There are, but they sometimes have holes or like okay. coming away from the frame itself. And they, the bugs just find a way in. Um, and so we were like, all right, we'll try to sleep upstairs. It was too hot. It was like a sweat lodge. Yeah, I would rather sleep cold than hot. And so we came downstairs, but the only place to sleep downstairs was a day bed, which is about the width of a single bed. And it's not built to be for like two people. And so essentially what happened is we like jigsawed our way onto a day bed and managed to fit two people onto one, which was... Well, I mean, I'm going to have to work out what 80 degrees is for in celsius right oh. 30 degrees okay so it's super hot upstairs very right? hot yeah yeah. Okay. yeah yeah like you you go upstairs and you actively feel like a heat wave hit you it's it's gross but regardless um managed to to sleep but as a result of sleeping downstairs in 66 degree weather and being on vacation so i don't have a ton of stuff with me I am wearing a pair of Patagonia like thermal pants. I, I talk about these all the time. They're like my favorite pair of pajama pants that I try and pass off as an actual fashion item because I'm lazy and sometimes don't want to get dressed. Uh, <laughs> but these these are are on bottom. I, I didn't sleep with socks on. Times were not that dire. Um, but I was wearing some socks. And um, on top, I have a... a uh, vintage t-shirt from the new york state afl uh cio 26th constitutional conference big shout out to them they were voting on a union um yeah on the back it's got a bunch of i think a bunch of hands holding onto a ring and it says union yes so i don't know it's a nice shirt i was talking about it before the podcast but it's a it's an xl and the arms are are skin tight basically the body fits well but the arms you look are swole like... you look huge I'll tell you what when we go to when we dig through vintage places me and katie mm. you realize and you realize it here from both of you guys you guys in america will make a t-shirt for anything like oh yeah any oh, yeah. organization it'll be like oh yep. so-and-so's moving party t-shirt yep. someone's birthday Said, party t-shirt. we've got six t-shirts ready for this podcast right now <laughs> just They're for different segments of the podcast yeah mm-hmm. yeah we just we actually <laughs> celebrating fit our, check with saeed 
yes. available <laughs> now on our website, which we do not have a website, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we have t-shirts for everything, um, which from a vintage perspective is cool finding the weird stuff, but from an overproduction standpoint is disgusting. Yeah. Well, from yeah, the first the first couple I found, I was like, this is hilarious. This is I'm just gonna buy this one that says Jason's 45 45th birthday bonanza, and then like <laughs> the next 25 on the rail are all just like someone else's names specific event thing. Yeah, it starts to creep me out actually because I mean so many of them are so old, and you'll have a picture of a baby or or, or Nana or something, and I'm like, oh gosh. Are they still around? Like, what? What is Nana still around? Like, starts to get a bit <laughs> pathos, and I and yeah, yeah. Oh, God! Big shout out to Nana. Hope you're still around. Yeah, yeah we, we 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 do. Yeah. Nana, come on the pod. Oh. You're always welcome. Before the podcast, we were talking about tea, and Said was mentioning that when. I, I, I want to have you tell the story again, basically, but obviously tea talks huge. You're from across the pond. We were talking about morning drinks. Tea's not only huge where I am here in the UK, but I'm half Irish, half Iraqi. Tea mm. is enormous in Ireland. Everything's punctuated with a cup of tea. And <laughs> the same, the same in, in Iraq, um, where like tea is massive, like tea, tea in the morning, tea at night. And then, and then I was going to say, really, if it was the US, we'd make t-shirts to commemorate that, but it'd be TEA yeah. shirts. Yeah. Well, I, this is the power of the US. I guess like coffee is so much, co- co- like this like coffee tea divide. Now, now coffee yeah. is like all over the place, but it, almost everywhere else you go in the world, tea is the dominant force. Like in, in, mm-hmm. in India, of course, like massive tea producing company, country, massive tea culture. Like when, when, when we like, in when we're doing like a really late night thing or we're getting we're doing like an overnight drive between airports or something it's always the driver's always getting a strong tea people mm. if people are working they need to pick me up it's, it's a tea it's almost never never coffee um but yeah tea what was i say? i was i was saying that i drink quite a lot of tea my mom drinks a lot of tea um and uh i was i'd, I'd somehow got it into my head or been told <laughs> that when I was younger, that green tea was a decaf version of <laughs> black tea. And, um, well, I suppose long story short, it isn't, but I'd switched and <laughs> I was drinking, I was drinking it like it was water and I was getting incredibly nervous and anxious all the time until someone told me, actually, it's not only got the same amount of caffeine, but it's the same leaf and it's got, well, actually probably has more caffeine, but yeah. That was, the, that was the retelling of the story before the podcast. It was too good to leave out of the podcast. Oh, really? It really feels like one of those stories where your mom is like, oh, tell auntie, tell, tell auntie <laughs> the thing you were telling me. Tell, tell her the joke. And tell the listeners, Saeed. Yeah, and then you tell, like, oh, tell granny's here now. Tell, tell, tell granny, show, show granny that dance you were doing until it's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure it's that funny. <laughs> we're the cool, we're the cool aunts of, of, fashion instagram slash fashion world that's our niche niche whatever i think that's fair to say but with that being said i think that's the perfect relay into the questions we've written up for you today uh first and foremost the classic starting question for the podcast how are you and what has quarantine been like for you 
Um, um, I'm okay. Yeah, we're okay. We're really, we are really busy at the moment, me and Katie. Um, and we, we just had a baby and we- Congratulations. Been, yes. Thank you very much. Yes. We've been quarantined. We've been, I sort of don't, I don't really talk that much about quarantine because I see everybody's going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, the, the edges of it are slightly different for different people, but everybody's going through the exact same thing. And so when I read someone say, it's been a really hard year, uh, it's so valid, of course, but I'm like, but I also feel like it's been, a, it's been this, everybody's experience has been so sim so similar. Um, and I see people who, a friend of mine just posted like oh I haven't seen I've just seen my mum and I haven't seen her for six months and I'm and I and all it makes me think is I haven't seen my mum for what will be two years soon because of because of all this so it's been basically it's been this it's been whatever it's been our version of it which is England's version which is worse than some and much much better than than, than others mm. um yeah we I think we had a really really hard one I, I talk about it a lot. We had we had a bereavement. We lost. Oh, we we had a we had a we were pregnant at the beginning of, of the lockdown, and we lost our 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 kid when um soon, and then we got pregnant again, and then we've had our kid. We had another kid. Um, it's yeah, and then we the business has been, which I, I guess is what this podcast is about. But um, business was like, I don't okay. So this is one thing maybe you guys listeners are interested in which i don't see anybody talk about like what happened in terms of like fashion stores and stuff with mm -hmm. with 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 covid because so like menswear store menswear shows were in january basically and they were people were buying um autumn winter and then spring summer comes in in january so spring summer starts getting sent to stores and it sort of coincides with the beginning of covid and there's just massive massive um confusion about what's going on some stores just <laughs> closing some stores are like uh i'm not like this is fine people start posting about like support your local store like this this short blip is coming but and not people not really realizing <laughs> like how how, how deep oh. it's gonna be right yeah so people are stores are making orders for their for their wholesale at that point and they start to just like they just like fall off a cliff because everyone's uncertain so we lose like we start losing business that way and it's kind of it's kind of scary and then stores that are supposed to be receiving stock they'd ordered six months before some of them just close like need supply close Toto, uh, and totokaya is the same same thing so they just they were just like we're going we're gone we're gone so uh, we had stuff to send them we were just like we're stuck with it um other stores start asking for different terms they call it like they want to pay later or they want to change payment plans and stuff and, and we're like we're stuck holding the bag basically a lot of the time mm -hmm. so a lot of and and then a lot of I think a lot of brands are, are like going through the same sort of thing and they're like <clears throat> worried we're all worried we don't know what's going on um every every store that got stuff in it almost immediately as it came everybody started going to like 20 percent off i don't know if you guys remember that like yeah almost like new season had been in for like a couple of weeks and everybody's like 20 percent off and everybody understood it was just because like every, it's so uncertain yeah and um what happened and i i don't want to speak for everybody because some people might have had a worse time but from 
our experience and everybody else's experience that I know, everybody I've spoken to in fashion, everybody's like, we had a bumper time. Like, sales were good. Every like all every like all the stores that had online would did like just did really well. Yeah, like, did really really well um, because people who had money, people who, like most like in general people who who had who had like middle class jobs didn't lose their jobs and mm. were just at home shopping. It was people with with um, with uh, service industry jobs and stuff that that really lost out and so brands like ours still had our customer and in fact they just seemed to be bored and were shopping at a discount for ages so <laughs> it was it was a really transformative time because at the beginning of it we didn't have we had a website and it was transactional but it was only a few things it's very so expensive having keeping stock mm-hmm. of your own stuff mm-hmm. we had like nothing and we we were saying let's try and sell a thousand pounds worth of stock a month four thousand pounds sorry a thousand pound a week four thousand pounds a month that will be like that'll be great that'll be enough to pay salaries for, for me and katie and and buy stock and what have you um and then we were stuck with like two or three stores that have gone out of business and a couple that's cancelled their orders after so we had like two or three stores stock, stores worth of stock on our website and it was just selling like it was oh. it was like we finally it's like people were thirsty for it and we were finally like passing around water. So yeah, this, I mean, COVID has been really, really hard, but the benefit, like the, the benefit of it is that we, we were like found a, found a part of our business that was, that would help would, would like, I guess ultimately was helped us grow. And so we made a new website. We started stocking stuff. We mm-hmm. hired someone to help us out. We grew a little bit. We we lost quite a lot. I mean, we've people we know have been sick and have died. But oh. ah, I don't know. Like it's so mixed. Mm-hmm. It's so mixed. Like, and I, I find myself always wanting to like always wanting to be like a point of clarity. So when 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 we talk when people talk about COVID and it was always so down, I kind of want to be like some good some some stuff was okay, you know. Yeah. Um, and then when people are like, you know, it's great for us, and I want to be like, hey man. It was shit though, really, wasn't it? So, <laughs> so I just, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm always like that. But in short, how am I? I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm feeling, I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good today because we are on parental leave, or we have been since first of March. But we kind of went off for a couple of weeks, then had to come back to do the collection. The collections now, uh, our, our major commitment to, to, to it is kind of ended yesterday where it was all launched and now it's handed over to the agents and our and our members of staff that that, that take orders and do all, the, all of that kind of stuff um so we we can kind of um take i'll go back on to quote unquote parental leave although we'll still be doing emails and stuff i'm sure i'm glad we we caught you kind of in that in that gap <laughs> yeah right yeah yeah, but we're still busy. We've got, we've got so much yeah, going on. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, talking about a lot that's going on, you have a new collection coming soon. Pre-orders are open, at least for some items. Um, mm-hmm. But what kind of, what can we expect to see um, in the collection? Um, what are some of your favorite pieces? Uh, what was the design process for the specific collection like? Um, can you kind of like walk us through, as it were, um, the collection? Um, yeah, I, so I think you're talking about Spring Summer 22, which is the one we just mm-hmm. showed yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think most people who listen to your, your stuff know the way that it works is that basically that is next year. 
Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, we opened some bits up for pre-order. Those are bits that we won't be selling to stores because they're far too expensive to make. We just it would be over like over over a thousand pounds. But um, mm. really excited. I'm really excited about all of it and the design processes. I was just talking to Katie about it last night. It's just interesting. It's like interesting to us how um, the design process is, is like so much less about like trying to come up with stuff all the time, mm. which I, I feel like you, I see a lot of designers and brands are always like, what's next? What can we do next? What can we do next? And, and for us, it's like so iterative. The, mm. first, see, the first time we did something, it was just denim. And the second time it was just denim and then two shapes. And then the third time it was denim and plain weave. And then three seasons on, it was, it was that arsenal of things plus patterns because we started doing block printing. And then a season after that, it was embroidery. We were just starting to learn and teach embroidery. And then seven seasons in where we are now, it's like knit and crochet and denim and hand weave and um, embroidery and, 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 and then just all these like <laughs> small, like new tools that we picked up every single time. And, and then, and then it's just about how, like, how can we, how can we build a new tool to do a new thing? So and it's always it's always the most it, not always but it's often the most unassuming part of the collection that has been the most work like i remember a few mm. seasons ago it was t-shirts because, because i know that a normal brand would just find a blanks company mm. and make their t-shirt mm-hmm. if they were big enough they would they might do like a custom fit with a blanks company or and a custom dye job and whatever but we don't know anything about any of these blank companies ourselves as a brand Mm. So we don't want to break our manifesto just to have T-shirts. <laughs> so we were like, we're, if you want T-shirts, you have to make them. And then it turns out that by virtue of the process of T-shirts and the, way, and the way they're made, if we want to make them, we have to make thousands at a time. So we have to, there's a big commitment. And so that took like five years to get just a, just a plain T-shirt. And that's the most like democratized Thing in our collection um, and then corduroy was the first thing that was like that this season i think probably the the, the heart the weirdest weirdly hardest thing to do was we've got um we've got a, a shape of ours which we do most seasons or almost all seasons since we've had it called the polite pullover which got crochet across the chest um, and this time we wanted to do a, like a checkerboard print um, and we did it in batik which is where you take undyed fabric and then you cover up the parts that you don't want to dye with wax. Then you oh. dye it, and then you boil off the wax. And then wherever the wax was, there was no the the the, the, the dye can't get into. And then because we want to do a checkerboard, um, we have to do that twice. So they print lines, dye it, and then print lines um, at right angles, and then dye it, and then remove the wax. And so it's got this like checkerboard effect, which te- and the fabric took I think it's like. 35 days or something because oh we're dying and, and, and batik and, oh and what have you but to the eye it just looks like a, a very like naive patchwork and it, we were supposed to have loads of it but because of how long it took and how process heavy it was it's um we could only like get one item out of it um and that's probably my favorite piece but that's my favorite piece because i know the story and how how long it took um but i also really like we've got these shirts with um crochet vegetables attached to them um and 
I've obviously I, I just love I, I love the knits I don't I don't think that I see anybody doing the kind of knitwear and experimentation with knits that that we do um, and I think that's because we do everything by hand so all those hand knits are hand knit with like people with needles taking days and weeks to, wow. to do it and that means that we can do like interesting and unusual and time consuming um, stuff with like a human hand element like mm-hmm. baked into it um, but that's SS22 which is coming in January, February, March time COVID depending and then in the next actual collection to come out is Autumn Winter 21 which we showed four or five months ago um, and that comes in in it's supposed to come in June, July but because of, because of COVID and India it's delayed a little bit we'll be coming in in August okay um, and yeah, I've got a lot of favorites from that too. We got, we, what we did, um, it's the first time we did purple, which also has mm-hmm. taken seven years to get. I saw that um, on your website. Um, yeah. And it took a really long time to do purple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's because we, the communities we worked with didn't, didn't have a, well, they, they didn't have a purple we could use because there is a natural dye, like a relatively common natural dye to get purple form called lac. Which is, um, made, which is made from a reaction from a tree to wow. an insect um, burrowing into it. But, hmm. but just like all things that have anything to do with humans, there's just like a, a large chance that those bugs will be still in there doing their thing. So we don't use it because I wouldn't consider it vegan. Just like... There were, yeah, it's so it's like in the same like realm as silk and things. It's just it's an animal product, so we don't use mm-hmm. it. But because it's available, then pe- the natural dyes we work with are like, well, we d- we don't we're not looking for another purple. Traditionally, we haven't needed another purple. Um, so it wasn't until we found another community who don't use lac and have have used another uh, per- extract purple from another color that we finally got that color. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah. So. Obviously, you, you mentioned that you go down and you you see, you know, the Die House or, you know, these communities yeah. yourself. Um, are the communities, because they're close to these dyes and things like that, are they usually like, for lack of a better word, like bright? Like, are people wearing like brighter colors just because the dyes are available? Or is it just oh, that's that? that's such a good question. Yeah. Um, I think like the kind of like, like, quote unquote fashion i don't mean like fashion as in what's cool but like the kind of yeah like the, the, the way people dress in these places mm-hmm. is is more to do with cult like culture and stuff in mm-hmm. in india like people tend to wear brighter colors and though around the dye house they wear different colors depending on i it, it might be like i, I bet I, if, if there isn't there there might there should be some kind of study into that kind of thing because until synthetic colors came along which really wasn't that long ago you were you really could only wear natural colors like mm-hmm. colors that mm-hmm. were from wool that were, were already that color or from or dyed with natural stuff so tartan in scotland are the colors that are naturally available from from here there or what, whatever um the like french workwear blue is because of the the most common dye plant that they, they have and easiest to use is, is, is weld which makes that color in the uk um 
in Scotland also that that color that they like where Scotsmen put on their faces with you know in Braveheart and stuff mm. that blue is also from woad so th- these like colors come from our environment and build up and and I, I suppose that when I think about it I don't know of many British dye stuffs not that there's as much literature left that are very very brightly colored and the stuff that's in India and Thailand and Turkey and other places that we work does tend to be like brighter colors um but but you, you also might be mistaken in thinking that everybody that works around natural dyes wears natural dyes a lot of them I just do it just I just I mean it's just their their, their craft they don't wear it um all the time um, like it's not particularly cool in a lot of places to be honest that's that's really cool. Yeah, that is really interesting. Where um, we work in um, Thailand, the mm-hmm. weavers, which is a group of ladies who are ex-farmers or sometimes still farming, but much smaller on a smaller scale, and they weave in their spare time as a craft, and it's like a community thing. They wear the clothes that they make in like a like a because they dress very traditional. They live very traditional lives. They are very very rural. Um, and in India, the people we work with in, in some places dress extremely modern and also um, work with like very, like very modern um, other, other fashion designers and stuff. And some of them are really, really, really rural and dress extremely rural. And they all wear, all wear indigo and keep dyeing it indigo because they work with indigo and it just keeps staining. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a real mix. How do, you, how do you find these groups of weavers or these communities to create the clothes that you want like have they reached out to you do you do you reach out to them like is there a way to seek them out is there like a registry somewhere that you you look through no there's not a registry even for even the people we work with are really really quite rural and hard Mm -hmm. to find but there isn't a registry even for people who are even for factories that are not rural and that want to be easy to find there's there's if you're starting a business it's quite crazy when you come up to it and you're like, I want to find a footwear manufacturer. Like there are websites that, that have directories on them, but they're crap and usually <laughs> out of date. And then when you try, when you get a number of people, something no one will pick up. Like it's actually, it's all such old school. Like it's all word of mouth. Uh, and the it's a lot of word of mouth. Now we get contacted a lot, like a lot, a lot from people who do similar work to what to the kind of stuff we do saying we can do what you what you need um but at the beginning we had to go and find them and we had to educate ourselves because there's a lot of um um what we're going to say like like snake oil type. yeah there's a lot of yeah um in the in the industry when we started <laughs> we were we were turned on to the to, to our main our main partner we work with now that we work with since the beginning we were turned on to them by um uh someone in who worked for a, a big company he was like you should check these guys out so we flew to india we met them um we learned a lot about natural dyes too um i don't think they remember like the next time we went over then they remembered us because we were such small fish we just bought like scraps of fabric off them basically um and then we went to we just started just traveling to discover other places we would this was seven years ago or something but we would type in like hashtag natural dye on instagram and see where other people had like done like a cute like homestead day trip or something and be like here and then we would i one time we we went to we like heard 
on the grapevine that there was a part of northern Thailand where there's a lot of natural dyers, like a little village where it's like really still working and, and alive. And we went there and it was so remote. And we had we hired a driver and we hired we, we drove around for a couple of days meeting different people. Um, and then when we finally like got to find places, it was like it was just like very very not true it was like they were using all synthetic stuff like it was mm. there was a lot of like traditional stuff that had been going on but now mm. it is all synthetic because it's much much easier it's much much cheaper like it's mm. like i ne- you can't really blame anybody for sw- making the switch because the market for completely natural stuff isn't there yeah and it's like honestly it's like one percent of the price to do it the, the synthetic way um so yeah it's really just a lot of finding and a lot of discovering um, for people coming up now, I th- we we talk about our manufacturers a lot. I know for certain a lot of people look at who we work with and then contact them because um, <laughs> I'm, I'm always I'm always hearing from them that people have come 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 through <laughs> through that. Um, so yeah, it's it's hard. It's really it's really it's really difficult to find people to work with that are reliable. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean that's consistent in everything, basically. You know. Yeah, the- mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, we're very, I mean, from our perspective as a podcast, we're really touchy with who we want to partner with from a business perspective because we want everything to feel natural. We've mm-hmm. we've uh, essentially done nothing yet because the right thing hasn't hasn't popped up from a it's, from a business perspective. It's, you're trying to balance like make like like just being like having a threshold where you're like, I just I just need to do something. And then also wanting to create create a friendly space with your brand. I, mm-hmm. it's quite it becomes for you it will be and for us it is that it becomes a bit of a responsibility um if we work with someone and we talk about them it's almost like us saying these guys are, these guys are safe to work with and they're cool yeah it's and a validation we, yeah exactly and like we we have in the past we used to sell to a store um which mm-hmm. is a really really cool store uh they 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 used to stock our stuff they used to be quite bad paying us but we used to get paid even after chasing and then i started getting messages from other small designers who are like i see that you're in such and such a store how are you getting paid like they haven't paid me for for one year and then like one two three of those i'm like okay something's bad here and yeah us Mm -hmm. us being in their store is telegramming people this these guys are safe to work with because we we talk about like we 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 give off a a thing we give off a, a vibe that we're careful about who we work with, who we supply to and, and that kind of stuff. And so we stopped working with, the, with that store and we stopped working with a couple of stores because of that, because we, they treat, they're treating us okay because we have a bit of what have you, but they didn't treat other people like shit. Um, it becomes a bit of a responsibility. Um, but, I, but I think it's, I think it is our responsibility to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, just in general, I mean, you don't want to work with people who are treating people like shit, you know, like, no, yeah. No, but but but, but but quite right. But I also understand the point of view that some people are like, you know, it's just not my fight. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if, if Coca-Cola want to give you half a million dollars for a couple of branded episodes, it's re- it really, it's really like, you got to eat, but also yeah. Coca-Cola, but you got to eat, you know, and then, yeah. Thankfully, we haven't had to worry about that yet. <laughs> yeah. And I wouldn't blame you for taking it also. Like, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just constant decision making, isn't it? Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Um, speaking of decision-making in your process and just in the brand as a whole, where do you draw your inspiration from? Um, increasingly, we kind of just keep looking back at the work we've already done and we're like, what, what, like, what, what do we like about that? And then move that on. But in the past, we've really been, um, we really get like inspired by, um, the outdoors, um, outdoor gear, um, upbringings, mine and Katie's are quite different, although like so, so paralleled weirdly. Um, and, and um, it's always a bit of a two, several like two part epoxy because mm-hmm. we, we, we're like, we want this, we want this, we want this blue shirt um, and we want it to be in this like sky blue that's all well and good for us to to say we want it but we have to, so we have to design it and put, put it out there and then tell the dyers and the and the tailors this is what we want but then that it's sort of like half of the process and then the other half is a mixture of the dyer's skill to be able to get that hue that we want and mm-hmm. also the dye and like what's happening with the dye bath like how's like because it's a fermented it's like making wine or beer yeah it's a fermented pit so how like what's the ph like how what's the health of it and then the dye itself that's extracted from a plant what what was the soil like while it was growing because depending on the soil just like wine the dye might be slightly more greeny blue or slightly more reddy blue or slightly weaker or slightly stronger or slightly blacker um and so it's like all these different parts meet up to to get to like where we are so like part of the inspiration although it's kind of a reverse type of inspiration it's like we would like something like this let's see what happens we kind of like aim aim for a thing and then like what comes back is like the inspiration sort of the the inspired part sort of comes after is like wow that looks really Mm -hmm. nice or wow that doesn't look nice and like the inspiration is like provided by yeah it's like this mystery door um (laughs) that we that we we can't that we can't sort of can't rep we can't I mean then we can't sometimes we can't bottle it or replicate it and that's yeah. also really really nice um yeah it's it's that it that that's the most inspiration we, we 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 sort of dilute it down and say that that inspiration comes from from mother earth um but some but I don't know sometimes that feels a bit too like crystal healingy um wellnessy thing but it is it is true mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um, kind of in the similar vein, you do work in the clothing world. Have you always been into fashion and clothing? Has that always been an interest of yours? Um, yeah, I think so. My, my mom used to always buy me really like cool clothes, clothes that I really like, <laughs> but, but she, 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 she would be like, well, we, we got those because we couldn't really afford new stuff. Kids clothing was so expensive. So it was always charity shop stuff. But I loved it and that gave me a real enjoyment for vintage and like sort of like hunting down things um and and that kind of stuff and I know for Katie Katie was Katie was like one of those kids that knew exactly what she wanted to do she's like I want to be a fashion designer and Mm. her whole life was pointed towards it like she 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 somehow convinced her family to move from the north to the south so that she could go to a certain <laughs> college and do a certain degree 
go end up at a certain university like she had she I mean she is that kind of person and she managed to like point her entire life for me I was not uh I did like clothes I would I would like to have worked in fashion but I would also like to have been in a band and I had no um uh, no ability whatsoever um <laughs> so so yeah when I left the university after with a, a linguistics degree I started working for a fashion magazine which oh. didn't pay me at all uh never paid it went it went bust and um and then I just started like doing writing jobs here there and everywhere always really like fashion as like a side thing and then when I met Katie we just started this little brand as like a little project just to do something together and yeah here we are we just keep moving on where did you come up with the name for story was that always the the was that the the name at the beginning like I know that you you went by um Bobbin right yeah that was because I me and Katie both had jobs where we, we would have been fired if we had side projects oh so we had pseudonyms. No Although Katie's was rubbish. Like now, the more I think about it now, it just it was the same name with a different surname. Uh, at least mine was like <laughs> properly different. Like we had, properly had different names, but um, we were we were both working. I think Katie was working somewhere that where she would have got in trouble. Okay. Um, or at least she would have had to talk about it, declare it. And it was sort of too new. It, w- it would have been a whole thing um, as when we were doing it. And then I, when we first, first, first started, I wasn't actually employed, but I just got employed mm. as it started. But, but knowing Katie's experience, I was like, I better just keep this on the low. I did tell mm. people as I was at, at my new job about it, but I really played it down. I mean, it was, there wasn't much play down anyway, but we used, <laughs> we, we did those pseudonyms at, at that point, just because one of our employers and two, when I, 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 I had this notion and I, I think I was right that if, if I was, if Saeed Al-Rubai was talking to you about jeans and telling you, you know, trying to saying like, you should buy these jeans and we're doing this, I would have just searched that name and I would have found me with my crap LinkedIn and absolutely no experience <laughs> and no fashion now and, and like nothing. I had like nothing at all. Um, I, I thought just like, just, it'd be better just to not have any baggage um, at all. Um, so yeah, we had this, we, 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 had, we had these fake names um <laughs> which st- sort of still trying to shake like in japan people still call me it and it, it feels a little bit cringe but I don't, I don't mind it um it's like a bit of like a feel like a bit of a pokemon or something um but we came up with story i think just like everyone's experience of like coming up with any name for anything like a band name or whatever we yeah. had like arguments and like discussions about it constantly we had so many bad names and i don't know how we settled on story mfg because it's absolutely shit but and we, um, and and we we're still like we're like i can't like i'm it's it's so it's nice now that it's got to the point where it's like the name is the name is just the name and it's invisible and it's the name of the brand it, mm. and but if you really think about it it's quite a, it's quite a poor name but at the time we were cycling through ones and the the reason we called it story was we were like we would love it to just be called story because the, the shape of the word is nice. It's got this like big like O in the middle of it. It feels like you're looking through a window and that's what we wanted to do, what we wanted people to be able to see. And um, we also on, on that same vibe about like me not having any, like any, any credibility, it, we also had none. Like we were starting from scratch and we're trying to tell people like this is worth looking at. 
and thinking about like what makes a brand be desirable like what makes Burberry and Levi's and all that like what makes them any different if we made the exact same product and it's just that they've got a heritage and 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 their own story mm-hmm. and so that that story of the company is baked into everything they do and it gives it value um mm. and a place in the market and so I was thinking specifically about how we don't have any of that because that 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 is that is time yeah but if we share everything about how stuff is made and 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 all of the backstory and talk about the story of each garment and how it's made mm-hmm. that each piece has its own history and heritage and what have you um and then so and then that becomes part of the value of, of what, what we're selling like we're selling this I mean a lot of people do it now a lot of people like talk about manufacturing process and stuff but it really wasn't that many people doing it back then um and so we called it story we wanted to call it story I was saying there's no way if we call it story people are going to find it online because it's <laughs> such a common word we won't be able to get the handle on Instagram so we just I think we looked up Story Co. Couldn't get it. We looked up a bunch of things. MFG was available. MFG means it is like a shorthand for manufacturing. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could get the handle. So we we just yeah we took it. That's, That's a big part yeah. of it these days. Uh, just being able to yeah. find a handle that isn't taken. Yeah, yeah, right. And and that hasn't got like. We if we were more forward thinking, we would have also looked up which names we could easily trademark. Which we didn't mm-hmm. look up. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, say Levy. I was gonna say one of my uh, my old math professors in high school at like the advent of the internet realized that he can make, or he could he could get any domain name, and so he got like calculus.com, trigonometry.com, AB calculus, BC, and he just used them for his classes as like landing pages where you would go. And for the longest time, I don't know if he still has it, but if you looked up like calculus.com, let's see. Okay, no, it's down now. But it would just be his like his homeroom site, basically, you know, that he would <laughs> use for class. And he was getting sitting on offers. a gold mine. Yeah. Literally, he was getting offers from college board for like they were like, we'll give you seven hundred and fifty thousand for calculus and abcalculus.com. Like, please. And he he sat on them and then he passed them down to a student. Um and I think he sold like calculus.com or like whichever one of the, whichever one it was to the college board um, and basically like paid his retirement, which he had also saved up. But, you know, like that's yeah. like, it's a legitimate <laughs> concern. I feel like there are so many names and websites that are just taken now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything's taken. But but I, that's also contributed to like a, to like it mattering a lot, a lot less. Yeah. I think as yeah. well, like there's so many different, um domain uh mm-hmm. things now that people like we've got storymfg.com but we've also got storymfg.com other ones that um a lot of brands have just got like dot soy and dot what have you and it's just fine i remember when i was trying to i got saulthompson.com which i'm proud of but some of the like domain enders are like saulthompson.pizza yeah like <laughs> what the heck? like come on now and I think if that dot really... pizza one is is a nod to that whole thing that your professor had because, yeah, um, like one of the biggest stories is the person who had pizza.com. I think at the time when they sold pizza.com, it was like it was the biggest, the biggest, the um, the most expensive domain name to be sold. I think it was sold to to to, to Domino's or or something. But mm-hmm. that that one was yeah, 
they they I think the most expensive domain names now are the um the single like letter ones. And I know that Elon Musk, as much as I, I hate him, PayPal started out as X.com. You could just do no X.com and it would be PayPal. I think I don't know if that still works. Hold on. X.com. Um no, it doesn't work anymore. But yeah, like X.com was like his his thing, I think. I, I hope I have that correct, but yeah. That yeah. sounds about right for Elon. Yeah. I hate Elon. <laughs> it's ed like proper like edge lordy enough. Yeah. <laughs> X. Who knows? So you've talked about it in the Discord. Go join the Discord if you haven't, because you can you can see this. But you've also talked about it on your Instagram story recently. Um, and I guess we just wanted to to know more about that. Cause you guys have been around for a really long time. You mentioned, you know, you started out just making like raw denim. Um, I think what back in 2013 or 2014. That's right. Yeah. Um, what What are some projects that you started either through story or like like personally, you know, you and Katie just kind of getting off the ground um, that you'd like to revisit or retouch or maybe just you know you wouldn't, but you were interested in and want to tell us about if you can. <laughs> oh, there's so many. Like we we started we we sort of start we, again. We were talking so weird. We were talking about this just recently, but there's so many stuff that we've like lit the fire of and then they're sort of still still like on the on the back burner so to speak um we, we we've we've done ceramics we've still done a bit we do spectacles but the the main one is that for for the for, for a while now story story is supposed to be story we, we decided that story is its own brand and it sort of it has its own look and it's got its own vibe and there's something really inauthentic about just constantly changing, constantly, mm. every season, putting out something new, uh, every season, changing your look, changing your collection, always under pressure. And the brands and companies that I really respect, like they they sort of develop to a point. And then, and then after that, they sort of calcify and then they stay the same. And at that point, they usually then kind of like end up sometimes getting like staying cool or sometimes going a bit stale but then they're just always there and they're always making the same stuff mm -hmm. and to me i feel like that's really on really authentic much more authentic than always trying to develop something i see brands all the time like every season it changes like mm -hmm. suddenly like a lot of brands are like story or suddenly like a lot of brands are like online ceramics or suddenly a lot of brands are like Bodhi or what, what what have you and, and like three seasons ago they really look like vetamon or they really look like <laughs> something else um so 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 what i'm saying i'm saying is that stories like story is the way that it is and even though we change and mm -hmm. develop and, and grow every season it's sort of like it has its it has its world now that it lives in and we had always we we, we not always but for, 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 for about half the, the brand's life we'd imagined that story is story and that the next move when we want to do something creative is to start another brand that is in the same stable in terms of like ethics and mm. the design process and stuff, but is in a different world or dimension in terms of how it looks and, and the approach, because as much as the story is about a, a, like including a lot of things and we do this and we do this and we do this, it all, also cuts out a lot of stuff. Like we don't, mm -hmm. we very rarely use any synthetic materials. Um, we generally only use them if we're doing a collab. And in that case, it's recycled, we use recycled ones, et cetera. 
Um, but we could never make like a sh- like an outdoor shell jacket or mm-hmm. um, and we don't use well we don't use a lot of stuff we don't use a, a bunch of stuff which if you're if you're pragmatic about it and, and logical it really fits into the, most of the framework of of our practice in that like it presents something really really eco there's eco processes that are that are really really great that we just can't use because they don't fit the story world mm-hmm. so want to do like a world that is want to do brand uh, another brand which is different that would use synthetics and recycle synthetics and a lot of new technologies and stuff that we can't that we wouldn't use for story because it just wouldn't i don't know it just wouldn't work mm-hmm. um and so um we i mean we've done it a bunch of times we've stuck there was like a brand little brand we called we started called non-solar that was around for like two weeks it went it was all it was just all pa- like pajamas that you wear outdoors cool um very cool we had another brand called um loss which was more recent and it was all old iraqi bedouin clothing remade wow um what else you know just a bunch and, and at the moment we're working on one called gratefulness great gent sorry gentlefulness um which we're starting and that's going to that's not it's not going to be abandoned it's it's got we've got like more of a roadmap for it um which has a slightly different vibe and direction to story which we are launching i don't know sometime in the next year we're working on t-shirts Ooh. first and then clothing next um but yeah there's there's a lot there's there's a, there's a lot there's a lot for us to like just keep interested in that's great. Yeah. I mean, especially for you as a designer too, it's got to be great to have other projects and, and feel like you can kind of branch out and do different things. Yeah. And it, it, so the, the company that I see that does this and I don't see very many people do it. And I, I just think it's kind of strange and genius is Nepenthes. They've got mm-hmm. Nepenthes, which is, which is a brand. And then they've got ne- um, engineer garments, which was like the height of coolness. Mm-hmm. For, for for like a lot long time it was the mm-hmm. coolest thing you could get and then i don't know as the customer aged or as time moved on it started to become quite a, like a dad brand and yeah. like the coolness drops and then but that's fine because then they've got needles and that started to become like the cool one um and then needles kind of i feel like i don't know if it was like over saturated or what it just suddenly became like a bit uncool and then everyone's like, hey, what's the next thing? Or it's south to West 8. And everybody, like, it, having that stable of brands mm, keeps the whole company, like, interesting and competitive, but also doesn't leave anyone behind. Because people who mm-hmm. really like engineered garments can still buy engineered garments. They're still making mm-hmm. the same stuff. People yeah. that still like needles can still buy needles. And people that are, like, on a different vibe can buy south to West 8 or whichever brand they, they, they're, like moving on to next and it just keeps it all alive and it all and unlike um other designers where that where they where they want to do a move like this to make a sub brand where things are like are like a really a, like a, a cheaper less full line of their main brand need the nepenthes has got like they're all about the same price and they're all you could style them all together but they're all their own mm. they all have their own like identities that are very like very slightly off center from each other and I think it's really really clever and I think that with story we can do that where the where the joining the joining thread is the way we make stuff the, the, what how we care about stuff and our mm-hmm. own um 
our own style, etc. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, speaking about story and older story in particular, are you still working with vintage silhouettes for your clothing? And if so, where do you find those? Yeah, yeah, we, we, we generally do. We find them from, well, we used to find them from vintage stores. We, we've been a lot of times to, um, I think, I think some slash a lot of people know about how like how vintage gets delineated, like it leaves the West, goes somewhere, gets sorted, ends up back in these vintage stores. But we've been quite a few times to these like markets where, where it's the bulk and you just got these like literal mountains that you've got to pick through to find stuff. <laughs> um, we go we go through to find them. Sometimes we buy them. I think increasingly with that, with the amount of time that we've got, the amount of time that we don't got rather, we buy from dealers because there's not much interesting out there. Um, but we generally like find a vintage block or a vintage block being like the shape of it and then and then and then change it a little bit here and there um and then but yeah we still we still we still work from from vintage but mix it up quite a lot and we don't really do that many new shapes i don't think there's any new shapes this season there hasn't been that many new shapes for a while we've just kind of been iterating on what we've already got mm -hmm. you mentioned finding the pattern for the um clog slash mules um from an oh, old yeah. patagonia fleece did you actually have that patagonia fleece in hand or did you find it online because i think yeah that that, i've got it yeah i've got it that Ooh. fit would go crazy nice i've got it here uh it's um that those fleeces those specific ones the one that that is from is called the patagonia glissade and they made them for a pretty short time they then you mm -hmm. also use the name um, for a bunch of other stuff that isn't that and they, they they're one of they're the only fleeces that i know of that um jacket fleeces that come in patterns that patagonia does so they have this spiral pattern mm -hmm. uh one and then they've got one which is got um they call it thunder it's sort of like lightning looking cool. um and they are the last one i think i recently looked on grail and something they're like the cheapest one on there was like 700 dollars and they're it. more like a thousand dollars they're extremely expensive the one that i have here the one that i have um i was looking for for a while i can't afford to buy any of that stuff and the guy who the person who runs um i shouldn't say guy the person who runs organic lab sent it to me he's like oh you've been looking for this someone's selling it on grail and they were selling it for like 60 dollars or something and i just immediately bought it oh <laughs> yeah, instant like a year and a half ago um but I'm gonna, stories branching out into like hype resale you're gonna see on the website there's gonna be another <laughs> tab sale. for like yeah like 2015 supreme supreme th those supreme fleeces i will also model off that jacket it's the, yeah. it's also they're also reversible i mean i am i am actually gonna sell it because i don't i don't really wear it but um yeah i loved your your one post it was just a plethora of patagonia fleeces and yeah you I have it on, up on my phone right now. Caption: Anyone know what these jackets are called? Someone was just giving them away, so I grabbed a few, but I don't know if they were. I have a I have a really obsessive personality, like a really a real collector's personality. I just mm -hmm. love to collect and hunt and find and get all of the versions of something. And it feels like as soon as I'm approaching having having them all, I'm just over it. Yeah, and then I move on. And I, it's something I recognize in. Um, 
I read about someone else who um, um, do who's the guy that wrote Snow Crash? Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, 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 uh, Neil something, right? Uh, not Neil him. Stephenson? No, give something, some, yeah, that is Neil Stevenson. I think he Gibson. Do you know who I'm talking about? Um, yeah, William Gibson. Oh, okay, yeah. Am I talking about William Gibson? Anyway, the guy so. he's that's, like, that's Neuromancer, though. Neuromancer, that's right, that's right. I'm thinking that's such Gibson. a slow like, book. It starts <laughs> off really slow and then it picks up, but yeah, that's yeah, it's not, it's not readable anyway. Um, he a lot of people in fashion really, really like him. He's done like collabs with uh, I think it was Real McCoys or something, and oh. He's he he like wrote them into uh, one of his books. I think it was Real McCoys or Joe McCoys or something. And then they oh, made like a so cool. they made a uh, custom MA one for the character that's in the book. That's also particularly for William Gibson to wear because he was saying that they're too short and he's quite tall. Um, anyway, that's aside. I remember reading an interview where he was talking specifically about watches, and he he was saying I'm I don't really I don't really like watches. I like collecting and I find myself just like like getting really, really, really into stuff, reading about them, collecting, getting really, really fanatic about it and then moving on and then ending up with like none of the stuff. And that, that's just me completely. I'm just <laughs> really, really obsessive, extremely obsessive about stuff, like to read all about it and then I move on, um, sometimes to my detriment or sometimes good. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, certain things that go way up in value too. When, once yeah, the, like, the community gets a hold of them i've been collecting as of like the last eight months kiko kostanov asics collaborations like oh, really? just i just been, gave a bunch away <laughs> i've just been plowing through them um but you know finding those especially i wear a size 13 uh us so it's really hard to find and some of them they That's haven't so even hard. been made in yeah. those size i found my birthday was two weeks ago and a pair on goat of the Gelbers two came up and I've seen one other pair in a size 13 ever. And it was like beat to shreds on grailed for way too much. And this one was pretty much retail on goat. And so I had to, had to get those, but I'm very excited about those. They're sitting right next to me right now. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> uh, a unicorn in a size 13 for sure. Size 13's got to be tough, but I mean, you could also probably set up some really successful like eBay alerts. Oh, I have eBay alerts on for 12 and a half and 13 for Kikos. Yeah. I apologize for just sounding incredibly gruff. I don't know what that was. <laughs> it's it's almost 7 a.m. Come on, Saul. That's true. Yeah. No, I got to be on, on top of my game a little bit better than that. Voice decided not to work. So so you, you've, you've been into fashion for a long time. You've been creating, you've you know, started sub brands, you've let them go, you have plans for, for um, gentlefulness, mm -hmm. hard to say, but um, what advice would you give other designers or creatives, creatives in the world of fashion that are looking to follow in your footsteps, either creating a brand or working sustainably, or just having a vision for their brand that stays consistent? Um, the first thing I always tell people is to have really low expectations and to um don't and work within your means like if you if you can't mm -hmm. afford to do something don't overstretch yourself but kill mm -hmm. that's the number one thing that will just kill every, everything for everybody it's mm -hmm. awful um taking advice is really really good for people but also don't take it don't take it too seriously like the mm -hmm. advice that i will give people on stuff is is, is, is my 
experience of stuff and sometimes it's old and, and and not relevant like when we started we were told so much stuff that just turned out to be complete trash um, we were yeah. told to to like change the way our stuff looks because it won't sell here there and everywhere and it turned out to be great um <laughs> i would also i always tell people to make stuff for themselves um mm -hmm. again every time we've tried to like we've been told to do something or we've been inclined to make something for an imagined customer it always hit misses the mark but when we do something we're like we like that that really works um what else um try and surround yourself by by like really nice people like industry and people will tell you that that you know it's like it's, it's work like just like just like be tough but like you don't have to be tough and you shouldn't have to be tough and you shouldn't have to be taken advantage of and you shouldn't have to give anything away um things can be done on your own terms and with nice mm -hmm. people like we work with this guy Dan Pachiti. he's honestly like one of the loveliest guys ever he like he's he's quite he's, he's really involved in the story lately and he's and he's um, going to be a big part of working on gentleness um he's really lovely he's also really quote-unquote influential and he's a really great stylist and he's really well connected and if we'd have tried to push it like to, sooner on to try and find someone that was like him we would have ended up with some there's plenty of people who aren't as nice who are in the same position yeah. likewise the girl who the, we work with who does our press like we didn't have press for ages we've just got it now because we found someone who is nice and gets it and is on our wavelength and you, you don't have to I guess what I'm trying to say is like, you don't have to compromise on that. But then another thing is like, sometimes you do have to compromise <laughs> on other stuff. And um, I don't remember where I said it. I don't know if it's famous quote or if, or if it's just like somehow some someone on Instagram said it, but read recently that someone was saying that um, perfection is the enemy of progress. And that's completely true. Like if you try and, especially with sustainability, specifically when people are like, I have to get every part of this thing perfect and like in line with current thinking on sustainability you just mm -hmm. get like you just get ruined you can't do it you can't oh, like sure. you need to you need to pick your battles do little bits and then and then iterate and iterate, iterate. first stuff that we made even a year afterwards we were like that's not that isn't very good that, that isn't us <laughs> um we started off with a logo that i drew in the back of my dad's caravan then we got a designer to fix it we got a designer to fix it again, fix it again, fix it again. We now have like the fourth iteration we've, we've had for a while now, but still like, um, and yeah, I don't know. There's a, there's, there really is a lot, but not like try not to copy anyone. That's a big one. Um, if you, if you, if you're like, I really would like to do something, but, someone else is already doing it i would say just don't do that thing and do something else there's plenty on the table mm -hmm. for, to be to be like to be done there's a lot of cool stuff to do and if someone else is doing it and you're like i want to do that i want to have like I, I find a lot of people now are like i really really admire story but and but they don't they don't get where the where they don't get where the barriers where the natural like boundaries are like i'm really really pleased that people love story i really really like it but you can't and you shouldn't try and just be also story. Like we've had mm. cases recently and for the last few years where someone's like, I love story. I want to also do story. I want to get a similar name, find out who you work with and work with them, get your exact same agent, get your exact same press person, get the same stylist and also talk to you and get advice. And that 
that's also and and people don't realize i think because of current like culture people don't realize that actually that's a really fucked up thing to do and it's not going to get you it's not going to you're not going to get any favors and people and and agents talk and they, they message me and say who is this person it looks exactly like you and they want us to represent you and it's such a small world that um that you just should be a little bit just i don't know just be a bit like measured about it and mm-hmm. i should say that i'm not talking about like any one personal brand in specific there because it happens so often mm-hmm. especially with like minor celebrities who are like bored and they're like i'm all about sustainability now and let me look it up okay story i'm want to buy my way into this thing um yeah it's it's yeah it happens yeah i mean i it's nice that sustainability is a trend, but I, I hope mm-hmm. that it's here to stay and it's not just like flavor of the week type of thing. You know, like it, it, it was so encouraging. I remember like two years ago, I was in, in Montreal and there was like a climate march and everybody was super into it. And then like, you know, you, you walk in the same place that the march was and people like throwing away water bottles on the ground. I'm like, did we miss yeah. the point of this? <laughs> I know it's it's such a hard space to be in because you you everything is um like every once once you start to say to to, sort of put your your flag into anything virtuous where you're where you like talk about racism talk about sustainability talk about um capitalism then 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 literally then you it starts to become a purity test like people like expect you to be the purest version of pure like the whitest white snow so Mm. Like it's just that common argument where someone's like messaging us about capitalism from their iPhone, and you just want to say you're on an iPhone, but it still makes it you're still valid. Um, so yeah, with sustainability, I do. I also hope it's here today. I think it is. I mean, it's such a thing. It's just that it's just that education around it is so poor, and designers don't know their own. Don't, don't like people who are talking about sustainability. A lot of them, especially ones in power, do not know what the fuck they're talking about at all. And that is okay, but it needs to be acknowledged by them themselves that they are not experts because they're so, again, I've said it, I think twice now, they're so confidently wrong that it tells other, it makes other people feel like what they're talking about is true when it's not and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know what you mean. Which just has that trickle down effect if there are people yeah. who aren't doing the research who hear it. And then like, oh, mm-hmm. this is fact. And then they pass that along to correct. Yeah. Summit. And people people calcify their positions and they they will take the first thing that they heard as 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 their as as their like pillar. Um, mm-hmm. and it's very hard to change people's minds. So if if the first thing that you hear is true sustainability is using recycled materials and everything else is performative or whatever, then um, no matter what then that's what people take out and start parroting. And then the more it gets parroted, the more people believe it. And, and, yeah. and it might not necessarily be true. We were talking with AO um, fashion roadman. He's a, he's a journalist. Um, but he was basically saying like, even when brands create like their sustainable line, which sometimes isn't even true, they just kind of put that tag on it. They're mm-hmm. still making more clothes. Like they're not changing their current production. They're adding in more yeah, clothing to more be made. Clothing on top mm-hmm. of their unsustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a problem. It's, it's not, it's, it's, 
it's hard to get across like it's it's like it's really it really is apples and, and oranges when you're talking about like sustainability it's not it's not that like you can i mean you can it's on the one hand it's extremely effectual to for a big brand doing stuff to make a switch that makes a big difference to the world mm-hmm. but um and and i really and I, and I applaud that but at the same time the kind of stuff that we do and the kind of stuff that even a brand that looks like us say say nepenthes do it does it's completely different our manufacturing processes are, like the only thing that binds us is that you can put something on your torso but the way that it's made and then the way that it's handled and then what happens to it after it's been bought and used are totally different like their fabric comes on a roll our, ours comes in tiny little pieces that hand dyed for days um and i mean just i could go on forever to be honest it's just it's just a completely different beast mm-hmm. and to conflate them is kind of more confusing yeah absolutely um speaking on sustainability how can the fashion fans the fashion world as a whole uh cut down on our carbon footprint and just try to make a conscious effort to be better i have i really have i'm i really don't i really don't know (laughs) i know i know what i know what we can do as a brand when we when we make small decisions that then get Mm -hmm in that same way that like watch the pennies and the pounds will follow. Like when mm-hmm. we make small decisions, they make big, big impacts on, on our stuff. I know, I know what I can do in my local area and in my life I can do to, to reduce stuff, but um, I don't know what people can do. Like I feel like there's a lot of stuff that I see that's really good, but it feels good. And I don't actually know if it is good. Like it feels good to me that people value clothes and, buy and resell them and the value of them stays and they kind of they have it increases their lifespan mm. um it feels good to me that people are more interested in manufacturing processes and sustainability and it feels good to me that people are opting for companies that make that like whether or not it's it work it works the way people does thinks it does or not like that plant trees or have carbon neutral shipping or what have you um i think probably i would say that the thing that people can do to make the biggest difference is probably just give give everything a bit more thought as they're doing it um and and decision and decision making but sometimes it's so inconvenient i don't I, yeah yeah it's i mean it's also hard for me to turn, for, for, to say on one hand like people need to say when they don't know and then also try and think of come up with something. But I honestly don't, I don't know for sure. Um, I know when you buy something from story, um, if you're making a decision between story and X other brand, I'm, I'm extremely confident that we've probably done a much better job of making it and had paid people better, had happier people, happier soil, happier everything. Um, but other than that, I'm really not sure. <laughs> I like that though. It's nice to know, especially like in a conversational format, like a podcast, like I think John and I have become pretty good at like telling when people are, you know, telling the truth and, and selling us, you know, nonsense. But like, if you look at the work that you do, if you see, or I mean, you've listened up until this point, I'm I'm speaking to the listener now, but it, you know, like, your website has great literature. You have a blog. You can see, mm-hmm. you know, on your Instagram, you have a whole, you know, heaps worth of information. Like Saeed and, and Katie are about what they are talking about. And they do, 
stand by their values. And I really respect that. Like it's, it's almost like dedication or like over dedication, not in a bad way, but like, I, I really respect that you guys, you know, you won't use um, non-biodegradable materials in your, in your new shoes. And, you know, if that takes longer than so be it, I think that's awesome. Seriously. And we don't, we don't need to make, we don't need to make shoes ourselves. Yeah. Like if, if it was, we're making these now because we can do it, but we've, we've, we've twice before we've tried it and we couldn't do it. So I feel like a lot of other brands would be like, okay, well, we'll make this one concession here. Mm -hmm. um, but we just, I saw it's, I know this goes against us saying like perfection is the enemy of thingy, but, but we just, we, we were fine not doing it. And I think that the one thing that's really important about, about us and that is different is that we just, we make it a point to really think about stuff and be really thoughtful about what it means. Cause that's what you just said that we're really transparent and we are up to a point. And that is also because of giving it some thought and some time and, and talking to people because it's, it's almost like a meme now to be like, to, 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 to like be like, I'm doing a direct consumer sweats company and I'm going to show you the breakdown of how it's made. And here's this like infographic. And this is why you're getting, quote unquote cheated by by buying a brand that sells to a store or something mm -hmm. um and they color sweat club yeah get involved even, even when they're even when they're close to the truth it is it, it, it's, it, it's not it's not it's not fully like it doesn't really fit for us mm -hmm. like sometimes i remember talking to this writer who writes for, about sustainability and she's like yeah because everybody should just publish where everything is made um, and we, at the beginning had done that. Like we were like, okay, on the labels, we're going to put who made it and how many people made it, huh. the address of where it was made and where this comes from. Like, we're really going to like show people every single part of it and then talking and then, and, and, and how much each person was paid and how much, and all the cost breakdowns, like that information is available to us if we want it. Um, and then when we talk and that's like really, that's extremely, I don't want to say performative, but that's like for the customer to see mm -hmm. the, the not not uneducated but like i don't know what a customer is going to do with that information with like oh here's the address of the the, the die place but but all that stuff is for the brand to like kind of be transparent however it forgets the people making it and their feelings like you i don't know if you would enjoy your employer having on the website how much you make per hour and mm -hmm. that kind oh, of yeah. stuff like it shows like it's a level of like basic respect um, and ma some manufacturers that we work with do not want us to, they're happy for us to mention them or say something, but they don't want us to put their address there because they don't want people turning up because they're in people's <laughs> houses or they work from remote locations. And yeah. up until relatively recently, our main partner was like, please don't put our address on because people were turning up being like, I know story. I know them really well. Can I come and have a look around? And they don't know, we're, we they don't know who who's who and so yes they were letting um so even with that like transparency thing like we're really transparent about all that stuff but when it comes to some things which on paper people think should be um should be given if you're being quote unquote transparent yeah. it's actually quite unkind to different parties in the process so so really it is about being like being thoughtful about all of these things and making sure that it's very hard. It's very easy to, to do the wrong thing while trying to do the right thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's a tricky landscape. You know, like it, it's one of those things where if you're trying to be perfectly transparent, you risk 
obviously, like you said, the privacy of others, mm-hmm. but yeah, like, again, I feel like you are very transparent. And if somebody like you said, wanted the information, they could go and find it or that's true. Yeah. And they can, you know, like we, we, I want to build, I, 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 what, what I hope story is and what I like it when I, in other, in some other brands is that you, you build a level of trust with the company and you, and you, you know that if you buy from the company, then your values are aligned and then you're just mm-hmm. safe to buy from that place. Like there's, there's shops here around me that buy products. I, if I go in there, I don't even need to check if something's vegan because the shop is vegan. So the yeah. cheese is vegan. So I don't even need to check. So I don't need to do due diligence every time I buy something from that shop. And that's what I want our brand to be. And that's what I like in other brands. Um, because like I said, I, I re- you yeah, there's certain things that we could be transparent about, like the, the, the pH level of our dye bath or what gets fed to the, to this, that, the other, but that would risk privacy and all that kind of stuff. And also it's that it's kind of like fake, not fake transparency, but useless. Like you're not yeah, going to yeah. know, it's not going to tell you anything. Oh, actually I do know about the pH processes of okay. every <laughs> single dye in the world. No, like, <laughs> yeah. but, but people, but, 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 but I mean, the lady that I was talking to who was writing the piece was like, well, counterpoint is that if you've got nothing to hide, then there should be no secrets, but it's really yeah. not always about that kind of thing. Like yeah. the guy that starves, um, the guy that carves our um, stone necklaces doesn't want us to give his house address. <laughs> and that's fine. Fair. Why? Definitely. Why? <laughs> what? It's like Saul yelling yeah. my address out on the podcast. I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So speaking about these processes and things like that, you you have a list of them on your site. And if you click on them, it explains uh, basically what it is, how it's used, things like that. Um, do you have a favorite process either to watch or participate in yourself? They're all really, really different. I really, in terms of dye, um, I really like MADA, which is the dye roots that gives us um, like reds, pinks, oranges, depending on on how the how the dye bath is managed. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure why it's my favorite. Like it's not, there's nothing super special about it. Um, <laughs> but most people really like indigo because it's really, it's really different. It's extremely mm. different to all the other ones. And it's so old and that dye bath, I think it's like some of these, some of these vats are apparently older than, older than, than Christ um, oh. with the bacteria that are living in them and stuff. Um, in terms of, we're really into crochet and knit at the moment. Like we're really like, it's like a, a new language to explore, but mm-hmm. we, I like, I mean, we like all of it really. I can't, I don't think I could pick a child. It's <laughs> a good point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just reading through the processes as the, from the outside perspective is so interesting because there are so few brands that are even transparent in how they create their garments. So mm-hmm. having not only yeah, because that it'd be boring, but- yeah it'd be really boring and not interesting and like <laughs> that's like, true try tetrahydroglycate something like no one cares about this dye like it's not interesting it's just, <laughs> they've just they've just sent a picture of a color that they want and they've they picked the pantone and then if the factory doesn't get that pantone right they bollock them uh and they that's it like that's the that's that's it but for us i mean it's we that's we're lucky that we've got something to talk about like 
um heineken doesn't have much to talk about with its beer but then like a craft brewery who've done all these all this stuff that that, that you end up with the same drink like product but there's so much more stuff that's gone into it and different and like mm-hmm. versions like that's i mean it's the same thing yeah for sure uh yeah so what was it to you're you're no stranger to collaborations you're working on new things what was it like to collaborate with reebok oh that was uh it was really good it was we so dan again who works with us he's friends with leo who is the um i don't i hate i always give people the wrong titles like either too high or too low but i think he's like the head of classics there or head of classics and collaborations or something yeah um i follow him on instagram leo yeah he's clever yeah, yeah um, interesting page leo was asking dan because dan is so connected like what what brands are coming up and he was like you should talk to the story we already already style stuff with beatniks we love beatniks i was, I was desperate to do beatniks and so he linked us up and I think that was in like 2018 or 2019. It took a long time to to do it. But the thing that I've discovered is that, first of all, other big brands take a long time to do stuff. Footwear mm-hmm. also takes a long time. And then we're, I think, more demanding than most because um, instead of just asking for like a colorway or something, we're asking for different materials than someone might use. So mm. with Reebok, we had to find, you know, a biodegradable material. We... At the start of it, we were going to use our own material, but for for various reasons, we couldn't. So we were like, well, we can't really use a dyed material because it feels like we would have to find a natural dye one. So we use this undyed textured material. We came up with this. We were like, okay, well, what are we going to do? Because if we can't work with color, what can we? So we, we created that puffy silhouette. Um, and yeah it was yeah it was really nice it, it was nice it, it was nice to work with them because it's the first time that we weren't in charge of like the manufacturing like it was like a it was as pure design as it'll get like we were still picking materials and, and stuff like that but yeah that mm. was really good um currently got one with Merrill as well which has been going for a long time i don't know when they'll come out but soonish i hope that's really exciting saw and, and i are both Merrill fans Oh, yeah, yeah. Merrill's, Merrill's really a great cool. company. Yeah, it's a great company. Um, I I love Merrill, but I also don't love doing collabs too much because I feel like mm. there's a lot out there, and they're always yeah. just like this thing in this color and like. But um, but I really like I really like Merrill. I wear them all the time, looking for reasons to not so, like do stuff. Sometimes I remember like towards the beginning trying to trying to like looking up Merrill be like I'm sure they've probably given money to Trump or something they feel like that kind of big company that (laughs) that does that kind of stuff but they seem like they seem like a really stand-up company Mm -hmm. political contributions seem like pretty good they even though they use animal materials which I don't agree with they seem like very progressive so yeah I'm happy to work with them yeah they seem as far as footwear companies go pretty solid as far as their the ground that they're standing on but yeah i mean the reebok collab i think spoke for itself i know we have a couple people in the discord who were able to to purchase it um it sold out lightning quick i remember when those came out those yeah it didn't it didn't like we definitely didn't design it to sell out like that like i'm not i'm not that i'm anti-hype because i think that's just as cringe as like being super (laughs) hype but but we we, i would just like it to be like enough around for people to get them um what happened with them is that 
I think like a few stores put them up and they sold. And then other stores started to put them like not everybody put their stock up at the same time. Okay. Uh, so, roll out. so like as recent as like a couple of weeks ago, I saw like one store was like, we just got delivery and then they put them up. Hmm. So um, interesting. Yeah. I think there was, I think there was a decent amount of time Like we definitely didn't limit them. Yeah. At all. Yeah. yeah. I'm a huge fan of the beatnik silhouette. So it was, it was cool to see you put your own spin on it. Um, yeah. I'm great. glad that Reebok's going back to that. Yeah, we're doing. Um, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I don't know who would tell us we're not allowed to talk about it, but um, <laughs> we are doing another collab with them, and I'm and like I'm, pretty, I'm like 99 sure we'll just do the Reebok beatnik again because mm. I don't know. That, it's just very <laughs> us to like revisit and do the same thing again, but a different. Yeah, reiterate. Different. Yeah, we had a lot of ideas, and we only did one, so there's still stuff. There's still in, stuff on there. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, I remember seeing, I can't remember which page it was on, but kind of a design process for for the collaboration itself, showing some scrap designs and things like that. Yeah. That was really interesting. I wanted to, to like show people some like story of how it of it because unlike other stuff, like I don't have pictures of the whole production process myself. So I wanted people to see. Um yeah, and it was long and it was weird. It was crazy. Like it involved like QAnon characters like coming out of the woodwork and yeah, it was pretty yeah whoa um what so the first design was it was the 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 the, the shoe when it was as it was designed then as it was sold was exactly the same as it is now but instead of a uh like a scratchy piece sign it had a a blue spiral Mm -hmm. which is which was on a lot of our clothes at the time um and i like i leaked a picture of, of like just that one bit some somewhere along the line and one person then two people then three then four people messaged me being like oh so you're a pedophile then and i was like what is going on what the hell is going on and i was like one person i replied to i just add like not not for sympathy but i just add that like the reason that it was the reason i didn't just completely ignore it was because it was extremely unbelievably hurtful it was it was like two or three weeks or months after we just um lost our, our our kid so i was like how dare you what the hell is going on here and this guy's like oh uh, i'm really sorry i didn't think he'd reply but basically the fbi i don't know when some years ago did a study and they found that pedophiles were um were telegraphing that they were pedophiles and what kind of pedophile they were what kind of age and gender they were interested in using these symbols and they were all different like spirals like a spiral and a spiral in a heart or um like a blue spiral or a square spiral what? um Jesus. and this had got like this had got soaked up in QAnon and like in the deeper parts of, like QAnon and Pizzagate and all of this like really deep conspiracy about about um God. about um celebrities and rich people taking the something or other out of baby's blood to keep themselves looking young. I don't remember exactly oh, what it is. God. Anyways, and the spiral apparently was supposed to be like emblematic of this whole thing. And I was like, oh, this is so ridiculous. Anyway, I'm not going to pay it any mind. And then um, it had me like worried that like, because I'm very sensitive. Like one, I, I can have like, we just posted a picture and it's got like 5,000 likes and I'm really, really happy about it. If one person says something mean about it, um, this ruined the whole thing. Anyway, We're the so, same way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One mean um, comment. I mean, we get yeah. a mean comment. We stopped making the podcast for four weeks. So I was like low level worried about it. 
but not to but nothing not to change it at all um and then brain did released a capsule and i think it was with um an, like an 80s sports brand and for okay. that capsule they also had a spiral like in there it's like a triangle with a spiral in it um and all the comments on this post were all about pedophilia like all oh, about every single one of them gosh, and it's a lot of like geez. and it was a lot of just like fashion bros like normal people who who were like i don't really believe in peacegate but because but but there is something weird about it and i just wouldn't choose it like people were treating it as if it was a swastika like i know the swastika is a hindu symbol symbol but you just don't use it okay and so mm -hmm. people were treating a spiral like that and it was going on and on and on and i was like shit like we have this thing coming out with reebok samples are made they've taken a long time but this already feels like it's already like poisoned like that will come out and one comment will come out and then lots more will come out and if something like that's happened to brain dead who are big but not as big as reebok it this could just go crazy mm -hmm. so i contacted them i was like look i know we've sold it one way um but i think we just need to change it and they were really reactive and I think both for like, because it could be bad, but also because it was, it was like, it was quite upsetting as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we changed it. And, um, and I, and I, and, and, and like when all was said and done, I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about that and all the other bits that went into it because um, just like anything, it's just not straightforward. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And although I actually do prefer the way it is with the peace sign, I think it, yeah, I think it's cool. I think it's cool. Yeah, they um, look great. I mean, it's mad. Like when you look up this spiral thing, you just see people screaming and being like, and by the way, when you have a baby, you realize there's spirals on everything. So if you're conspiracy minded, um, you're going to really think there's something going on. I mean, it's so stupid. I mean, like literally right now above my head is my kid's mobile. And look, it's got the same spiral as an hour. Oh my God. Oh, on our, on our, on our shoes and stuff. Um, and I mean, thank God it's all cleared up. It seems to have stopped since Trump has left. Um, but this, the, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of brands that are now like adopting the spiral is because I don't know, something, something zeitgeisty about spirals, but um, yeah. Then there's wow. that story. Crazy. Well, I'm glad you gracious. avoided it. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. On, on one hand, I feel like a bit silly for bending to being, to, to like caring about it. But on the other hand, it's just, you know, it's just like, it's, it, it's just easier to to like shift left also Absolutely. that you know that she was supposed to come out with a collection where there were spirals on everything and then it was delayed so it kind of didn't fit anyway so mm. it was kind of it was kind of fine gotcha wow that is really wild uh taking things back to a more positive note well not that <laughs> it hasn't been positive up until that scary spiral story but uh what's next for story um, from what you can disclose, of course. Well, we're pretty open about everything. Like I'm kind of fine with stuff falling flat if it doesn't work, but what's next for story? Um, well, we're dealing with like a lot of difficult stuff at the moment. Um, we want to keep helping people increase their wages. So price has gone up anyway, as they always do, but mm -hmm. because of, um, because of COVID and farmer strikes and everything, the price of cotton has gone up loads like uh 20 so the price of our stuff oh, has wow. gone up for us like 40 percent um and if if you know anything about markups or anything that i mean something that would have 
we would have retailed for 300 pounds if we were to just follow how much everything's gone up we should now retail for like 900 so um we are continuing like we've just spent a long time shaving down our profit my profit is not profit margins misleading as well because we never make any profit but our the margin that we use to pay our staff to, to like keep the lights on and stuff so we are dealing with like increased costs so we're having to put up our stuff a little bit and it's already it's already expensive but there's really not much we can do um we are also like very overgrown like we, we're at the limit of what we can make with how craft-based slow everything is so our agents this season have been told that like we're going to have to we're going to have to slow. We've been talking about slowing down growth a lot recently. In fact, we at the end of 2019, we were going to really slow down, but then the pandemic hit and we, we were so yeah. worried about losing everything that we took on a bunch more. We took on everything we could get just so that everyone could get paid mm-hmm. as much as possible. And because everything kind of went good, it ended up we ended up growing like, like a lot, a lot, a lot. We we're in like, I don't know, 60 or 70 stores now. Um, so we're going to have to, we're going to slow down. And I don't know if that means staying where we are or shrinking, but it certainly doesn't mean growing because we can't take it. We can't really take any more growth. Um, I think what's next for story is we're building out gentleness. We are, we've just taken up a physical space here in Brighton where we live and we're, mm-hmm. we're fitting that out. We're designing that at the moment, doing work on it. Um, whenever anyone asks like what, what's next, like it always I feel dis- I feel like I'm disappointing people by by not being like we're taking over the world and we're t- gonna grow loads like have a Scott collaboration. Is, yeah, my preference is always to slow down and like take things really slowly and just try and especially now with a baby like the new motto in our house is one thing one day like we can't do more than one thing a day like this is my day now like we can't do anything else. We also met a builder this morning and we're gonna be exhausted now. Um, what I hope for the future for Story is just that I would love it if we could just stay the same. Like if everybody's yeah. getting paid, everybody's happy. We don't need any more staff. We're growing. We're hiring more people. Luckily, our partners in India, everybody that comes to them with skill, they seem to be able to take on and grow. And um, everybody that contacts us at the site gets a quick response. Everybody that orders gets a quick package. Um, yeah, that's exactly what what i want to keep going i we don't want to grow too much that we can't like mo- like i'd say two-thirds of the time someone emails this website they talk to me um i'd like to keep it like that like just like i like your guys is what you guys is doing and all these other small niche things like i want to make sure that we don't we don't leave that we don't go outside that either like i would like to stay small and um manageable we don't yeah we, we, we we've got shelter food you know, warmth, everything. We're good. Good to hear. Wow. Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and our, our penultimate question, our second to last question on the podcast today, uh, what is your goal in the world of fashion? It's, it's the same, it's the same answer as the last one, really. It's just to, yeah. just to keep making stuff for ourselves that we like and um, to keep making ourselves proud it's kind of feel it's kind of like a dirty thing like you shouldn't be like proud of yourselves and stuff but i'm really happy i'm really i'm so happy with story i'm so pleased i'm so proud of the people we work with i'm so proud of the people we work with in india and the, and the like little collective of staff we've got here 
girl called Alice, got Freya, Emily, and then me and Katie, and then Dan, Kristen. Like, we all, like, I'm so happy that we've built this little, um, it's too grand to call it a family, but, like, it's, like, a lovely little niche of, like, people. Um, my goal is just to, like, if we, again, if we just stayed exactly like we are, I'd be really, really happy. That's, I think that's a really lovely goal. I've set, like, tiny goals for myself, like, when we went over a certain amount of stores, I was like, that's when I'm going to treat myself to a, a luxury watch. Although it, it's just, it wasn't quite that easy. I'd learned about that recently, but um, yeah, that's it. I, I don't have any other really business goals. I just like keep on, keep on keeping on. I want to make sure we don't let anyone down. Is the, is the main thing. That's great. Yeah, that's great. It's a wonderful, wonderful goal. So say thank you, first of all, so much for joining us. Um, we have one more question for you. It's it's the the pinnacle of the Pair of Kings podcast interview experience. Mm-hmm. Um, we've asked every single guest on the podcast. We intend to keep it that way. But without further ado, further build up, Saeed, story MFG. If you had a year to eat a wooden door, hinges and doorknob included, do you think you could do it? And if so, how? Yeah, I was listening to this yesterday. I, mm. podcast at the moment i used to listen to podcast constantly and now the only chance i get is just before bed and then i'm always asleep by the end of it but i listen to one to completion it's the one we did with the hft guys uh and they both said yes like does everyone say yes most people say yes no way i mean <laughs> most wood is all right just being like like wood and metal it's like pretty poisonous uh, no, I definitely couldn't. I'm 100% sure I couldn't, and nor would I try it. Also, the weird thing about your question is there's no incentive. Like, Human accomplishment. Like, yeah, right. You know, like, like, if you'd have said for a million, I'd be like, maybe it's worth my health that you give it a go to like blend in smoothies once a day or whatever, whatever they, they were saying too. But no, I absolutely wouldn't <laughs> eat a door. I wouldn't attempt it, and I definitely couldn't do it. I also have a pretty sensitive stomach, like, I love spicy food, but it doesn't love me. And I'm sure that a door wouldn't go through very well. No. Also, I was thinking about last night. I, I remember seeing an episode of House one time where the person was extremely sick on death's door. And it turned out that like a splinter from a toothpick they used to keep in their mouth as an affectation that had lodged into their intestines was the reason. And they were like, they, they had like blood poisoning. So... Well, we definitely. I mean, don't I don't really that. need that many reasons to not eat a door, but I respect um, it. The confidence. Uh, we respect the confidence, regardless of of which answer you pick. I'm confident. I'm confident. I couldn't. I was listening to it. I heard you ask that question. I asked, also asked the question about about music, and um, yeah, I was like, how can? And yeah, I'm surprised that anyone was like, yeah, I probably could. <laughs> the level of bravado I do not have. Well, you know. We still love you, Saeed. <laughs> Thanks very much. We still, yeah, we still appreciate, we still love you. No, no, uh, no love lost on the door no. question. No bad blood, <laughs> no poison blood. Good, good. Thank you very much. <laughs> With that being said, we've reached the end of the main portion of this podcast. Not to say that we're done. We have the closing ceremonies starting off with Song of the Week. For those of you who don't know, this is a ongoing weekly playlist that we have on Spotify called Pair of Kings Season 4 that includes our picks as well as our guests' uh, favorite songs that they've been listening to as of late. So, Saeed, what, what has been in your ears lately? It's a really bad time to ask me this because I'm only we're, we're putting on mostly music that, that our baby likes. So, okay. um, Baby Shark. Yeah. 
we haven't tried <laughs> we haven't done that one yet but he loves i don't know if you please do not put this on the list because it'll drive everyone crazy but he loves that song that called it's called witch doctor and it goes you know one goes Ooh, oh yeah uh, uh, it was classic. massive but like uh, yeah it's cl- when i was younger it was like oh. playing in clubs and stuff it was like a it was like a moment like oh, i think we had, had that song. yeah no, which doctor i really on. wouldn't the, um the other song that we've like discovered me and katie and love um and we were listening to a lot this week is a song called um the electrician by the walker brothers my it's really it's so it's so wonderful it's, it's old it's so creepy it's like I'm not sure if he sung it a certain way or if they've just slowed down the vocals like just like a fraction of a second but it's it's really really creepy and I don't think it's meant to be which makes it even more creepy it's so good <laughs> I've got um my like particular my particular music kink is I really like songs that are like really soft and creepy and like sweet and nice that that you would like that an edgelord director would put on a movie like as a massacre is happening i don't know if you know what what i'm talking about but like really like cute songs like um like cat stevens wild world or heart of gold by neil young or like yeah um father and son like any crosby stills and nash like any of those like really sweet happy songs that you just like there'd be like slow motion someone hacking people to death or like shooting people um I don't know why that's that's the music that we've got yeah like this like movie massacre music got like a long playlist and this song made it onto the list this week so we've been listening to it a lot cool john you want to take us take us next to I your will. song of the week i will um so i've been listening to the new tile the creator project as has mm-hmm. everybody on my instagram story <laughs> i've seen it probably 50 times across across the stories um but my favorite track so far i actually haven't finished the project yet i've just been super busy but is actually the intro uh sir baudelaire is featuring dj drama as does i think every single track but um, (laughs) i couldn't tell wait how do you know (laughs) he uh, says very quietly he has some very quiet ad libs throughout the throughout the project but (laughs) That that's my favorite track that I've heard so far. It's all really good, but I don't know what what it was, but that one stood out to me. It's a good song. How about you, Saul? Round us out. Um, I am going to take uh, a song that made me cry last night. It's called "I'll Be Lucky Someday" by Glenn Campbell. Um, it's about him not feeling content and talking about a girl and saying that he'll be lucky if he meets her. So you have That's a girlfriend. Such a good song. I know it's so sweet, though. It's just really sweet. I don't know. I think that that is that's a very sweet, creepy song too. I don't know if it's even creepy. It's just like it's nice. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, uh, I'm excited to listen to the electrician. I feel like there yeah, was like that that trend of like creepy movies in like the late '90s, where mm-hmm. what was the one? It was like a instant photo. Was that the one? And then like Maybe. the uh, there was another one I think called like the electrician or something. It was just like, how can we make a dude that fixes your house or does your photos creepy? Like, <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about um, one hour photo. One hour photo. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, and the cable guy. The cable guy. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. I was yeah. close. <laughs> Katie, my lovely, beautiful, wonderful wife, hates scary movies. Hates being scared. Won't watch anything scary or creepy. 
So I haven't watched anything like that for uh, almost 10 years. Um, but, my girlfriend uh, doesn't yeah. like them either. My 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 now, if I want to watch scary movies, it's like alone in the middle of the day at like the gym. <laughs> yeah. And I'm the like, strangest great, time for the conjuring. <laughs> yeah. 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 At that point, it's a oh. comedy if you're watching in the middle of the day. <laughs> Honestly, watching horror, like bad horror movies as comedies is very It's a blast. Fun. Yeah. Oh, it's so fun. Yeah. 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 Oh. Especially old ones, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So will Katie just not watch horror movies altogether? Or is it just like... Yeah, she won't watch it. No, no thrillers? Watch. Katie... The, one of the best things about her is she just knows what she likes and she doesn't sure. fuck with the formula. So there's no, there's no, she's just like, I don't need to watch it. I don't need to watch it. It's going to scare me. At best, it'll be okay. I don't want to watch it. And we just don't, we just don't watch it. Respect. Um, okay. yeah. She also hates being told what to do and doing it, being told to do anything she doesn't like. So, but I'm also like that. Although I, so if, so we just don't do it. Like, you know, you know, you know that vibe where you're like, I'm gonna tickle you, and you're like, no, don't tickle me. And then if you tickle someone, they're like, ha ha. And then some people, you're like, I'm gonna tickle you, and you're like, don't tickle me. I don't want you to tickle me. I hate it. And then if you tickle them, you're in trouble. She's that second type about that, all that kind of stuff. Um, so we just don't do it. Like I've, I've long, I've long since learned. Like if she doesn't want to do something, we just don't need to do it. And she's not just being cute. She just doesn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So we don't watch That's, any yeah. horror movies. Although she. <laughs> She, I don't think she realizes that she's now currently watching uh, a TV show, which is like a British black comedy called Inside Number Nine. She fucking loves it. She's watching it right now. I don't like it because, honestly, some of them make me sad and I cry. She's watching it nonstop, and all she watches is murder documentaries. But I'm not. I don't even know what where she draws the line. But yeah. just, I think she just doesn't like jump scares. Okay, that's fair. I don't either. Yeah. I cover that's my ears during scary movies. Yeah, yeah, because the sound um, that gets you. I just finished um, an HBO. I don't. It's like a like a faux docu. Not not. It's not a docu series. It's an HBO series called The Night of. It came out in like 2015. It's so good. I, I went in. Katie's seen all of them. I'll preface yeah. it like this: I went in not wanting to like it, and then I watched it, and I loved it. The Night of. Let me just check. I, I can't. I can't watch any. I get confused between them. Like she'll watch three or four at a time. Uh, and I, yeah, I can't keep up. The, the one that I really did like, recent, I mean, it's not recent now, it was called The Night, uh, Don't Fuck With Cats. That was really good. Oh, yeah, I did watch that. Oh, this is the, with, um, this is the Riz Ahmed one. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, we haven't watched that. Although he is a story buyer and wearer. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. He's super cool. Yeah, he's a good guy. And he, he I think he, more than anything, he likes to support um, a Muslim, like, Muslim designers, South Asian designers, mm-hmm. brown designers. Like he's he's very um, he's very like he's very cognizant of like racial s- stuff, basically. Yeah, he seems like a really good guy. He's also been in so many good movies. There are certain people who and directors where you're like, if they're involved in this, then it's probably really good. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen anything Christian Bale in it that isn't really good. You just know that yeah. like. It's just like one of those things, like I was talking about earlier. Like, like it must be good. Um, he's yeah. also one. I'm like, I feel like he wouldn't do something that's, that's terrible. Yeah, I think there's some stuff, obviously, earlier in his career that isn't great. But I think with most actors, that's true. But like, I've seen 
five or six things that he's been in and he's always like done a really good job like he's not one of those actors that you can like toss into a movie and they play like one role he really dedicates himself it's awesome have you the pair of king seen the film four lions no it's he's in that it's a it's a it's a british comedy drama satirical satirical dark comedy um, directed by someone who's really famous in the UK, but I don't think so elsewhere, called Chris Morris. And okay. it's about um, some um, British suicide bombers. It's, okay. it's, it's weirdly funny. It's, it's really, okay. really good. And he's, 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 the, he's the lead in it. It's really, cool. really good. It, if, you, yeah, if you were to read about it on paper, you'd be like, how is this funny? It seems really insensitive, but it's really, really good. That's awesome. It has 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh my solid. god, it's solid. Yeah. So we should probably wind down. John's got a meeting he's got to go to. It's been an I absolute have the toilet. I need to go to. <laughs> <laughs> Different kind of meeting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. It has been an absolute pleasure. It really like, thank has. Thank you so much yeah. for coming on. It's been incredible talking with you, learning about um, story, learning about you, learning about your process, everything. Uh, we hope our listeners enjoyed this. And um, I guess to everybody out there, if you'd like to speak with Saeed, come join the Discord. Um, I, I guess don't like spam messages. Yeah, we can't but... promise he'll, he'll respond to you. <laughs> I but mean, I'll yeah, try. He's there. I, check it, I usually check it in bed like at one o'clock in the morning, just like as everyone's gone down to bed. But yeah, I, I'm definitely, I mean, I, actually, yes, I am about like, you probably will get, get hold of me. Yeah. But yeah, once but, again, thank you so much for for taking the time out of your schedule yeah. to join us. We really appreciate it, and uh, it was a it was a blast of an episode. But yeah. thanks very much for having me on. Of course, um, as always, everybody, thank you so much for listening. I am Saul Thompson. You can find me on Instagram at Saul Thompson. I am joined each and every week by my wonderful co-host. I'm John Hogaboom. You can find me on Instagram at John Hogaboom. And before we get out of here, Saeed, you have the floor. Let the people uh, know where they can find you where they can purchase your clothing, learn more about story, everything like that. Um, you can f- find me on Instagram. I'm at Said underscore StoryMFG or probably easier to find at StoryMFG. And then I'm, I think I'm in the, I think my, my tag's in the bio. Mm-hmm. Um, StoryMFG.com is the website on there. There's a stockist list. We've got stockists like um, in, in a lot of places. We've got quite a lot in America, loads in Japan, UK um but yeah instagram is really the main uh, nexus i guess or you can mm-hmm. go on the website you can email um hi at storyfg.com or shop at storyfg.com it'll go straight to our like custom service thing which i read regularly um if it's just a customer service question you'll get customer service answer from someone else but if it's something more detailed it's probably with me um or you can yeah find me on your discord or like i'm i'm, I'm on a lot of forums it seems like i'm on that kanye fashion one too reading about stories so I'm everywhere. <laughs> He's everywhere. But thank you so much once again for joining us. Thank yeah, you very thank much. Thank you so much. So thank you again to Saeed. You can find him on Instagram at StoryMFG, or I believe it's Saeed underscore StoryMFG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Great. Okay. It'll so, be in the, bo- in the yeah, title of the episode. Exactly. Go look at the title of the episode. It's right there. Go shoot him a follow. He's the sweetest dude ever, as you probably tell us. We've just spoken with him <laughs> for over two hours. Um, but thank you so much for everybody, or yeah, to everybody for joining us. Uh, this has been a 
been the pair of kings podcast <laughs> you can find us on instagram at pair of kings pod on twitter at pair of kings pod on tiktok at pair of kings pod and if you have any business inquiries or just want to email us you can email us at pair of kings pod at gmail.com thank you so much to everybody for listening this has been the pair of kings podcast we are bringing you business as usual tomfoolery as planned once a week every week for the foreseeable future Have a great Thursday, everybody. And as always, wear what you like and like what you wear. Thank you, everybody. Cheers.